Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Believe. I am Onyx Stone. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you are having a wonderful week in spite of all of the madness that has been going on in the world. I hope you have taken some 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 moments for self-care, um, for reflection, for healing, for meditation, um, for yourself just to be able to breathe, right? As long as we have breath, we have power. And so um, this week I watched the services for George Floyd, the final service that was um, in Houston. I lived in Houston for a number of years. I find it so interesting. So I went to Texas Southern University. I'm a proud graduate of Texas Southern University. And um, I got to Texas Southern TSU. I don't know why I'm calling it Texas Southern. I got to TSU um, in the 90s. And when I got to TSU, I mean, literally right across the street from the university are the CUNY homes. Um, and I always found the people who lived in the CUNY homes to be very warm, very welcoming, um, just very excited that even though they were in such close proximity to this great institution, um, Barbara Jordan had gone there uh, Dr. Freeman, who had led the award-winning debate team for years, he passed um, last week. Um, may he rest in power. And so even though they were in close proximity to this um, amazing institution, um, this wasn't a place that many of them would be able to attend or, you know, um, to go for college and, and higher education. But um, for the thousands, I would say at this point, the millions of students who have passed through the quarters and on the campus of Texas Southern TSU, we are certainly their dream. And that um, I just, I, I feel the loss of, of George Floyd in another way because I love Houston. I'm not from there. I lived there for um, a number of years. It is definitely the city of my heart. And so um, I... Um, I mourn with them. I actually, the the church where the service was at the uh, Fountain of Praise, I actually used to go there. I remember when the church was built, the ground was broke before they changed the name to the Fountain of Praise. The name of the church used to be South Post Oak Baptist. I went there for about, mm, about three years before my ex-husband and I married and he wanted to go to his family's church. And if I knew then what I knew now, I'd say, you know, we need to either go to our own churches or find another church, but we shouldn't be at that church that he wanted us to attend. But the first Sunday I walked into the fountain of praise, I'll never forget. Um, I had just gotten a car. <laughs> I know it was 97 because my car was a 98 and I had just gotten this car. And one of my friends from college invited me to church. She needed a ride. Right. And so Houston is not a place where public transportation is in, uh, in excess. It's not bountiful. And, um, you know, sure. I'll give you a ride and I'll go to church. I wanted to go to church. First Sunday, I walked into the church. I'll never forget. The pastor had just come back from 
burying his daughter. His daughter had been murdered. I can't remember if he's from Indiana or Indianapolis, but I want to say he's from he's from one of the two. Oh my God. For about two and a half years, that man preached and it was so raw. I I don't think I have ever heard preaching so raw and just filled with every emotion that we be battled out with God. Um, but he was doing it in the pulpit, right? Right before the congregation. And just the intensity of the realness and the rawness of his his wrestle with God. Oh my God, I, some of the best preaching I have ever heard. I will never forget, he preached this sermon. I used to have to take, this is how good it was, but I promise you over 20, ooh, 23, 24, 25, some years, I still hear this sermon. He preached this sermon, coming out of Lodabar. <sighs> My God, coming out of Lodabar. I'll let y'all look Lodabar up. It's in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's where we come from. But anyway, uh, Houston, very interesting. I have some things to say about some stuff, I think, and I see, but what can you do? Nothing. And so as we're moving forward, um, sometimes it's kind of hard to move forward um, in a matter of what, two weeks now, here we have at the forefront of conversations, um, police brutality, systemic racism. Oh my God, today on the news, I can't remember the young lady's name, but um, she submitted to Miriam Webster, the dictionary. Did you know, before I tell you about her, did you know you can get definitions changed in the dictionary? Yes, this young lady submitted to Miriam Webster the definition of racism. She said that everyone who was telling her her definition wasn't wrong. And she went to them and said, no, this it has to include these political structures and these systems and how it oppresses people. This young lady, she's young. Oh my God, change is coming. Kennedy Mitchum, I just looked it up. Kennedy Mitchum, she is 22. Okay, they out here changing uh, definitions in Merriam-Webster. Don't tell me that things cannot happen. Don't tell me that we cannot move forward. Don't tell me that progress is not coming. Don't tell me better and brighter days are not ahead. They coming. Get ready, get ready, get ready. And so here we are on the cusp of world change. It, it, it almost feels like, well, what do I do with this moment? What, what do I do with everything that is happening? Because there's so much happening. Like the ground is literally moving beneath our feet. Like you're not even walking at this point. The, this, the ground is moving and it's pushing us forward into, um, you know, prayers that were prayed so long ago. And that the reality of how we expect things to happen versus how they really happen are two very different things. And what do we do with that? 
I'm excited. I, I don't know about anyone else. Um, I, I can tell you that I am very excited, excited for um, the, 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 the faces, the voices, um, the opportunities. I'm excited for future generations. Like, I don't think I felt this much excitement um, about what could happen in a very long time um, that, you know, the, the mundaneness of life can just, we get sucked into routines. And for everyone, the pandemic really just stopped routines, right? And I have mentioned on here that the act of getting up Getting ready for work was a routine that was a loss to me. The act of, you know, the motions of going to work, socializing um, and all of that that comes with not necessarily going to work because I love the job and like the people. Mm -mm, mm -mm. But the routine of these things that were just in a matter of just just a day, we're not doing that anymore. And not realizing that in order to um, really then move forward that we name these losses, um, it is a grief. And, and for some, you know, this pandemic has been a trauma in a number of ways. And we want to be able to, um, to process these things in a way that healing can happen. Um, and for some of us, that's going to take a little bit more time. It's going to take some time. And I don't know what the time limit is. I don't I don't have it. I'm not clocking it. But for some people, it's going to take a little bit longer um, as places, as cities and states and businesses are opening up. What does it look like for the return? What does it look like as routines resume? Um, do you have a new routine? Have you discovered new things that you want to take with you into the post-pandemic world? I have certainly learned how to um, cook. Let me correct that. So I've always known how to cook. I just never liked to cook. And um, my cooking was cooking that if I wanted to cook, my food always tasted good. If somebody asked me to cook or I felt like I had to cook, my food might have a little attitude. That's how my food is. And um, I never really took the time to think about making meals. Um, I cook on the whim. But when I have a taste for something um, and I... I want that. I, I'll cook it and it tastes amazing. And I know this might sound a little off. I very rarely, I have been looking at recipes, but before this time, I will very, very rarely look at recipes. Um, my cooking was based off my taste buds. Um, whatever I thought was supposed to go in something, that's what went in there. And it always tasted good if I wanted to cook. You know, um, but I've learned how to do some things. I learned how to finally, finally cook a steak. Oh my God. So good. So good. I learned how to make sweet potato waffles. I ordered a waffle machine. What else have I learned how to cook? I learned how to saute spinach. I made some crab, shrimp fried rice. Um, what else have I been in here cooking? Just stuff, stuff I wanted to try. I didn't even know I wanted to try until I was like, oh, I'm going to try that. Um, but one of the things that I have fallen in love with is juicing. I don't even think 
at this point in my life, I can return to drinking store-bought juice. Fresh-made juice, where have I been? (laughs) Fresh-made juice is, oh my God, is it amazing. No wonder juice is so expensive because fruits and vegetables, you have to put a lot of fruits and vegetables into the juice to get it, to get any sort of quantity to drink it. But I bought three juicers in the pandemic. Um, But let me tell you why I bought three juicers. The first, and nobody was buying juicers in the pandemic, so they've been in excess. Aha. (laughs) Um, The first juicer I bought, I bought it because when I was a little girl, my father used to make um, Jamaican carrot juice. It was always so good. He used to make two, two beverages. I mean, literally full all day long. I have no idea what he put in them beyond carrots and condensed milk. But so rich, so sweet, so fulfilling, so good. So I was like, I'm going to try making some carrot juice. So I was using my food processor and it just wasn't yielding, you know, a lot of juice that I felt should be coming out of this food processor. So I was like, I'm going to buy a juicer. And I did. I bought a little one, not really knowing what to expect. First thing I made, a batch of carrot juice. I said, oh my God, I need a bigger juicer. I was able to return that juicer and got a, 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 a larger juicer, cost the same amount of money, and I have been using that one faithfully. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send that one to my mother's house so I can juice when I visit her. Just got another juicer. Okay, why don't I know how to act? I have bought beets, um, dandel, I mean, just all sorts of recipes. And let me tell you, I have never, okay, don't laugh. I've never eaten watermelon. (laughs) I love cantaloupe. I love cantaloupe, but I have never eaten watermelon. Have no idea if I like it, don't like it, if it's good. I don't know, but I've never eaten watermelon. So I was like, let me see if I would like juice and watermelon. I made a concoction, apple, watermelon, and lemon. Oh my God, it is so good. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God, it was so Good and refreshing. So I really loved juicing. Juicing has been very um, therapeutic for me in this season. I mean, I went out and bought bottles. Like I'm juicing and drinking the juice. And I watched this video the other day on YouTube, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. And I'm thinking, I want to reset my system. For no other reason than these people's skin looked amazing. I'm like, we're doing it all wrong. And 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 I want to do better. I want to do better. And so making these small changes, but juicing will definitely be something that I take with me um, post-pandemic. And so hopefully you've been able to find little things that have been therapeutic and healing for you or things that have just grounded you, right? Um, Things that have kept you going, things that have given you hope, something that maybe even challenged you. Um, uh, I wanted to to do a few things this summer. This is before everything happened. And um, I guess I could have still pursued them. One of the things I wanted to do was learn American Sign Language. 
Yes, I want to become bilingual in American Sign Language um, and Spanish. So I could have taken some some entry level classes. I've looked at a few things. I did learn the American Sign Language alphabet, though, so I could fingerspell my way, you know, onto greatness. But I wanted to be able to to learn how to communicate, and I wanted to learn how to sew. Um, you know, I have a sewing machine. I never really used it, and I. Of course, when I saw everyone making masks, I thought, I'm going to do that. I never did it. It didn't happen. But, you know, I just want to feel like I can do that, too. So so hopefully um, time will permit those things that I want to do before the end of the year to continue to unfold. But one of the things that has brought me great joy, I will share with you, has been podcasting. Um, I committed to podcasting twice a week starting on April 1st when Believe launched. And I have done that in the times that I have not twice. Um, I was faithful to honor my word and commitment and let my audience and listeners know not to expect a podcast. But I have really, really, really enjoyed um, being with you these these two days a week. And um, it has come from a place of my overflow. Um, it has come from a place that it didn't take anything from me. It was just something that I wanted to share and bless those who wanted to, um, who it would minister to, who it would speak to. And certainly that is not everyone. I know I am an acquired taste. I absolutely am. And that <laughs> I am not for everyone. And I'm okay with that. Just like you ought to be okay that you are not for everyone. Every Everyone will not receive your gifts and your talents. And I'm just going to give you this little jewel. Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine or give what's holy to the dogs. And as one of my sorority sisters said in a sermon back in 2011, and I still remember Dr. Shakima North, you should look out for, for work from her. Um, she said, really, all Jesus wants us to do is use common sense. Um, and so that when you and I know our worth, our value, certainly we add tax and and that's what it's about. You're not for everyone, but hopefully those that you share your gifts with, they receive them and they welcome you and they affirm you and they love you. So I hope as you um, find little things to to do that for you, things that give you life, things that bring you joy, um, that it continues in a new post-pandemic world. Certainly at the beginning of the podcast, I didn't know this is where we would be as an entire global community. Um, you know, we were focused on one pandemic and all around us, um, we forgot about the first pandemic that's always been here. Then the medical crisis hit and now the real pandemic of um you know, systemic racism, oppression, and all of those things that are attached to that have emerged. Um, yeah, so it's a lot. It's a lot. But the weekend is here. It is sunny outside. At least I see sun streaming through the window. I'm not sure what the weather will be in my neck of the woods. You can guarantee that I will not be in anyone's beach. Mm-mm. No one's parked. Mm -mm. No one's out. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. We're still in a medical global crisis. Dr. Fauci, who I hadn't seen Dr. Fauci in weeks. 
He cut, did he have a beard? I can't remember. But he looked barefaced when I saw him on the news um, a few days ago. And he was, you know, talking about the increase in, in cases. And so I know people will say, well, from the protesters, actually, you know what? I know the God I serve could fix it, that the protesters who are out there for righteousness and justice, God will fix it so nothing will happen to them. Those people out there looting and uh, sowing discord and nonsense, they would be the ones to get um, the virus, not the people who are out there on the right side of justice. But um, Dr. Fauci has warned that, you know, they've talked about a second wave for months. And so continue to do the things to keep you safe. Wash your hands, use hand sanitizer when soap and water is not available. Certainly if soap and water is available, always go with that. Wear your mask when you're out in public. The mask is not only for you, it's to keep other people safe as well as yourself. You don't know who has the virus, but I love, love, love the words of Dr. Sanjay Gupta. We all should act as if we carry the virus. If you have small children this weekend, again, you know, I'm a big kid at heart. I love things like this. CNN is airing again the ABCs of COVID-19 with Big Bird and crew. So that's going to be on this weekend. Um, do the things that bring you joy. Do the things that um, bring you, restore you to life and, and do the things that put you in a place of abundance so you can always, always, always give from your overflow. As always, it has been well. I'm Onyx Stone. Keep believing, keep healing, and keep thriving. Always keep believing. I'll talk to you later. Bye.